Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 99 of Cutscene Combos. We have got a, another monster episode for you this mm. week. Our character profile is on Luke Cage. We'll be discussing the penultimate episode of Percy Jackson. We've got a new trailer for The Bad Batch Season 3. We've got some Oscar nominations, which we're going to talk about. We've got a nice and full Nerd News Network. And we've got our second semi-final in the Content Championship bracket, Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Rings versus Captain America, The Winter Soldier. But for that good stuff, Horizontal, how's your week been? This week has been a battle. <laughs> it's been a battle between productivity and Pal World. <laughs> and I'm sure our listeners probably overlap into the gaming world as we've discussed there, there, there'll many be a times. bit. But uh Power World has taken the world by storm. It has also taken Unless you live under world. a rock, yeah. you've heard of this game right now. Um, it's also been such... It's so addictive, and it's been such a struggle. Because I've been so productive for the start of this year, and I was in a good routine. And I thought, okay, I haven't got any game that's, like, hardcore distracting me at the moment. It's fine. Like, we can focus. And then along comes Power World. And it's just like, oh, hi, did you want to get those things done? No, now you want to play me all day, every day, degen through the night. And it's been a struggle. But we have been productive. You have. It's so funny, because when you like send the messages about I want to play Power World, it just, I don't even know if you know that why you're doing it, but you're doing it in such a hold me accountable yeah, way. No, so I, I need to do this thing. It's <laughs> like, I have to say this, because so, I know you will tell me, like Josh won't, because he was playing power but like yeah. i know you will remind me no you need to record and it's one of those things it's like it's not like big tasks that i'm getting done with content and stuff like i know i will get them done in time it's like but it's like i need you to try and momentum. i just know going on power world isn't like an hour thing it's like a oh i'm lost three hours uh where's the time that, that, that's why like the game that i use when i'm like right i need to take a break from this so i want to game a little bit but I need it to not be like a Minecraft power world where you can just lose hours mm. doing it. That's why I have my Madden safe. I'm like, mm. I'll log, I'll log on, I'll do a game that takes 40 minutes. So I finish that game and then I've got an easy out. I've yeah. finished the game. I've progressed that, put that back down, go back to doing what I'm doing. It's fucking brilliant. Um, but yeah, that's yeah, been power world my week. has exploded. It has. Um, it's 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 always fun when there's a new game that kind of comes out of nowhere, especially when you're not expecting. Mm. um but yeah so it's been it's been a busy week that's for sure um me and jenna are getting ever closer to uh the move, the move yeah mm. it looks like we may potentially have to request an extension on the mortgage offer um just because of some documents being filed and time being time and taking time so our current mortgage offer is like due to expire at the end of february Oh, okay. Um, but they can they can get a one month extension pretty easily, and we think it could be like very early March. So we're probably yeah. gonna have to get that sorted just to um sure. give us the breathing room. But we are we are getting there. It's very exciting, very busy. Feel mm. both completely underprepared, but also feel like <laughs> it's too early to prepare all at the same time. You know that feeling like a week before you go away on holiday, mm. where you're like, I should start working out what I need to pack. Mm. But you're going somewhere with a similar climate to where you currently are. So you're like, well, I can't pack any of that stuff. I might need it between now and then. Mm. And then you it's pack at three like in that. the morning on the day before you leave. Yeah. 
So it's kind of like that, but on a really large yeah. scale because it's including like an uh-huh. entire PC setup. <laughs> My attitude, whenever it's like, it's smaller scale, but like when I went off to uni, it was like I moved clothes, kitchen, everything. Setup was the last thing to get packed down and moved because My it's like is there'll be at least one episode where the background just, looks just empty. empty. Yeah. And then um, the, the next episode will be empty, but in a different empty room. <laughs> yeah. And then the episode after that, hopefully, will have some kind of a nice background. Um, but yeah, it's, it's absolute chaos at the minute, but it is um, also very, very exciting times, which is... Oh, yeah, it'll be good. It's good. It's 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 going to be a uh, big adjustment, I believe, mm. is the, uh, probably the right way to phrase it. Um, but we did. We have we have made our first kind of big purchase Oh. for it. We got our air fryer. No. <laughs> Nice. So, priorities. Initially we, said, initially, we said that is a fair bit of money to spend on one thing. Mm. We will wait until we're moved in, and when we like know we need it, we'll get it. Then we got given the fridge freezer and the sofa by the people who are leaving completely for free, mm. which has saved us like a, a sofa oh, yeah, and a yeah. freezer is expensive. So, we're like, that's a significant amount of money. And we've got loads of people who are like, oh, we want to get you something for moving. Mm. So we're like, okay, we're going to pull the money they want to give us mm-hmm. to buy this air fr- fr- fryer so that, A, we can go, that's what you help get us. <laughs> and then we've got the thing we want. Um, so that's worked out okay now. But that's all right. So. <laughs> Priorities. <laughs> Man's got to eat. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to be like, every day, you're going to become one of these people that is obsessed with their air fryer that they manage to cook everything in it. <laughs> We do that already. Ah, well, well versed. That's the then. thing. That's that's why we yeah we know it's so good. But we mm. we got my parents' fume because we got the one that's a bit better than their one. Oh. So when they got theirs, they got like they got the one that like if you watch any vlogs, everyone uh-huh. has it. It's the two draw ninja. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. Ninja released an updated version of that, which they call the Mega Zone, <laughs> which instead of the two draws, it's one big one, but you can put a divider in it to make it into two. Or you can take the divider out to make it a mega one, where you can put literally a whole fucking chicken. So you got <laughs> that one. Um, so yeah, that's very cool. <laughs> Riveting content. I, I regret nothing. <laughs> you watch, our attention is going to be higher than ever right now. People We're are like, yeah, air more fryer. air fryer stuff. Um, anyway, should we get into our character profile on Luke? Yes, Day? I think we should. Um, okay. So... Carl Earl Lucas, a.k.a. Luke Cage, first appeared in Heroes for Hire number one, March 1972. Born to parents Esther and James in Harlem, New York, James was a retired New York Police Department detective. Luke's father's career in the NYPD didn't stop him from causing trouble, however. This would later escalate as he went on to join a gang. As a result of his criminal behaviour, Carl spent most of his teens in and out of juvenile detention centres and or juvenile homes. After many years of working and one day hoping to be a major New York racketeer, he realised the hurt and damage he was causing his family and walked away from his life of crime. He did, however, remain friends with people who still lived a life of crime, and this would end up being his undoing. 
as the Magia, or the Mafia, took notice of his friend Stryker's growing influence. They attempted to eliminate Stryker. They failed to kill him, but this incident caused Stryker's girlfriend to dump him and seek comfort with Carl. Stryker took this to mean that Carl had orchestrated this situation, or took advantage of this situation, to steal his girlfriend, and as such planted drugs in Carl's apartment and tipped this tipped the police off with this information. As a result, Carl would be shipped off to prison, where full of anger and rage he would get into constant fights, and as a result of this, he was moved to the more secure Seagate penitentiary due to his violent outbursts. It was at Seagate that Luke, uh, that Carl's life would be changed forever as he volunteered for an experiment by Dr. Noah Bernstein, which was based on a version of the super soldier serum. However, while left for, his, for this test, a sadistic guard who had been beating and abusing Cage during his time saw an opportunity to finally kill him and messed with the control panel, increasing the power throughput. However, this didn't kill Carl, but rather granted him super strength and durability, making him to, immune to most earthly attacks. These powers allowed Carl to escape prison. It was at this point, as a fugitive, he adopted the name Luke Cage, as he couldn't use his birth name. Mm -hmm. He would go on to use his powers as a hero for hire, working for anyone who could meet his price. He would do this for many years, including working for people like Doctor Doom to clean up their mess, um, before going on to serve as part of the Defenders, and even briefly on the Fantastic Four. Um, eventually, with the help of Iron Fist, he was able to obtain evidence of his innocence all those years ago and use that to clear his name, at which point he legally changed his name to Luke Cage because Carl had been dead a long time anyway. Mm -hmm. Luke Cage is really, really interesting because mm. they actually capture a fair bit of his like origin in the Netflix show. They don't yeah. change much at all. Um, and I think... A big part of that is it's actually quite a unique superhero origin. Yeah. Like a lot of the others are just like, oh no, fell into radioactive waste <laughs> or like bitten by a thing or stung by a thing or whatever. Um, yeah, it was. But this was kind of like an indictment or like, hmm. not even an indictment, it was, a, it was a political piece about how people try and move away from stuff, it screws them over. And then police guards who are there to, in fact, yes like watch the prisoners but also protect them can't also be trusted that much all the time either mm -hmm. um and that's what led him having his powers um it was very very interesting though to uh do this because i didn't realize that the experiment that gave him his powers originally was connected to captain america super soldier program doesn't surprise me it always comes uh, back to the super serum. Yeah, and that's the thing. Captain America is like, in the Marvel world, he is like properly the first superhero. Everything comes back to that. Um, Wolverine, Luke Cage, just anyone and everyone somehow is a different government trying to recreate their Captain yep. America and just the bodies that litter the way for that to happen. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's wild how many have uh, come out of that. 
Yeah. Right. Should we talk about some Percy Jackson? I think we should. Because this is a very good episode. It was. But. Oh. I do have an issue. Oh. And it's been growing over the last few weeks. Um, And I think this week was kind of a pinnacle of that problem. And I also don't feel like I'm crazy because I'm seeing other people saying they have the exact same problem. I didn't know if it was just me. Okay. They seem to be in a rush. In the sense of each episode has got like a runtime of 38 minutes because it's on Disney Plus that comes out like 32 minutes. Mm. And they seem to be cutting a lot of stuff. It feels very jumpy between episodes especially. And they seem to be cutting a lot of stuff. And when you're adapting a film, uh, sorry, a book into a film, Mm. everyone accepts you're going to have to cut a lot of stuff because a book is however big and then a film's like two and a half hours. Yeah. So you accept that. And they work really hard to make sure they don't cut anything too crucial Mm -hmm. um, and so on and so forth. But the whole selling point of this being a TV show is supposed to be we can do a much more true to the book accurate and true to the book mm-hmm. storytelling and granted as we said we've never read the books but it felt like it was in a bit of a rush to me anyway which felt weird and then i'm seeing book fans going they have cut so much stuff and even the stuff they haven't cut because obviously they still have to cut some bits mm. but the stuff that stayed in they've shrunk down Right. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, for instance, the one I heard about this episode. Um, so he arrives at Krusty's bed place. Yes. In the book, apparently, he doesn't know who Krusty is straight away. Right. Okay. He pieces that together. And apparently, in the book, Krusty manages to trap Annabelle and Grover. And then Percy has to outsmart him to get him to lay on a bed himself. Right. Yeah. Whereas yeah. instead, this time, Percy's come in, he knows exactly who he is. Annabelle's got a cap on and pushed him onto a bed. Yeah. I did think out. that was like, uh, they already have a plan for this guy and we're jumping straight in. We didn't even know he existed last episode and now. Yeah. So, like, stuff like that. Um, apparently, by the sounds of it in the books, Percy didn't work out Kronos was involved until much later. So okay. Percy just kind of stood there and all of a sudden it all clicking. A lot yeah. of the fans of the books were like, how's he got there? The big thing I'm seeing from a lot of the book fans, and I can't talk about that, I can only talk about like how choppy it's felt at times, Yeah, is they feel like a lot of the stuff where we get to be like impressed by Percy, by him doing something, mm they're instead kind of pivoting towards he just knows he just he just knows for whatever reason and the big thing that i'm seeing a lot of people say and whether we agree with that or not is completely different but it's kind of like a rule one of storytelling is show don't tell but this show seems to be telling more than it's showing Mm. i've seen some fans of like the books and it almost because i think because of this stuff it's losing its tension like, there is no, like, oh, shit, why are they going to do it for that? It's like, oh, they already have the solution. It's like, the thing I saw after last week was the thing with the beads. Apparently, in the books, 
he's given the free, which I I think we might have discussed. Yeah, we but said it, I I remembered from the film yeah. I only had three there. And so I apparently that was right. Was in the book that he was only given three, and then there's this whole like, oh shit, how are we going to deal with it? So then it was almost like this episode, because you said that, and then I've seen stuff. I was like, okay, at some point they're going to lose a pearl. Like, yeah. something's going to happen, there's going to be one pearl short, and it's going to be an issue. And then it's like, we saw, I mean, Grover gets temporarily eaten <laughs> by uh, Cerberus, and it's like, okay, he's lost the pearl there. Now we don't want to deal with it. But then they have, like, this bit of an out anyway, that it wasn't yeah. an issue. And, like, there was no plot reason for him to get temporarily eaten by Cerberus, other than why would Cerberus grab him just to keep him in his mouth, which is a bit weird. But anyway, um, they he seemed to have just done that just so they could lose the pearl. Yeah. But if you just want them to lose the pearl in such a nothing way, just don't give why give them the extra pearl in the first place? Yeah. And also, I'm pretty sure in the books, they don't go into hell, then leave again, then go back. Yeah, I don't know. Because I'm pretty sure the whole point of the three pearls was they go in, they deliberate who leaves, whoever leaves. I don't know who who leaves in the book. They leave, and then whoever's left behind deals with something, and then finds another way out. Whereas this time they've used the pearls already to get out. Yeah. And now they're going to have to get back in to see Hades again. Which, yeah, and um, like, it I just don't felt know if it's the way they've adapted it or the editing decisions or the directorial decisions. What I will say is that all of the acting has been really, really good. Mm. So I struggle to believe that they've shot all this extra stuff and then gone, oh, that's not good enough. We should cut that because all the actors have been brilliant. It's almost as if they've gone, we want to reach this point on the finale and have this big reveal. How do we get there in between? And they're like, well, we've got this many episodes. And we've got to fit all of this to happen. So I guess we chop that. We chop that. We chop that. He knows that stuff. And then that gets rid of that issue of him having to fight, figure it out. Yeah. They've done stuff like that. Because they've kind of started off with an end point. In which case, then it's like, they should have done more episodes. And it would have kept more of a feel of the book, but then this is Disney Plus. They're not doing lots of episodes. I, I think they could have solved all of their issues by making each episode an hour, which would have been like fifty minutes yeah, after Disney longer Plus episodes. Stats, um, and give us two more episodes. Make it ten hour long episodes. Yeah. And that gives you on each episode where you're telling like the sort because like the actual concept of each episode is fine, but mm. that extra fifteen minutes allows you to have a bit more to just make it feel like Percy's doing something. Yeah. And then you have two extra episodes that you don't have to rush so much. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, but, I mean, I'm still really enjoying the show, which is, like, it is a good show. Mm-hmm. Um, and would I even know if it wasn't for the fact that so many of the book fans are being such brilliant fans and talking about it? Would I notice these yeah. issues? Maybe not. But, at the end of the day, the book fans are the reason that the book was successful enough to warrant a show. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be a pretty common consensus amongst them that they're changing more than they need to. Someone I saw described it as a Rick Royden disliked the film so much. Any decision where it can be, oh, the film did that, he's going the opposite way, even if that part of the film wasn't a problem. 
Yeah, I seen that. Like he said, he doesn't want to do anything like the film did it. Um, which is almost like has he gone a bit too extreme, maybe. Possibly. But like you say, it's still, like, the acting's been great. The show's still enjoyable. The visuals as well, I will say, like, for them being in um, the underworld, underworld and stuff, like, all the visuals for that was very well done. Yep. Um, now, you've mentioned a couple of times, have I, are you waiting for me to spot something? And I don't know if this episode is me spotting something that you've been waiting for me to, like, bring up. Okay, but the shoes. Mm. Is Luke a rat? Is Luke a rat? Because those shoes were clearly trying to get someone killed. Were they? Or was just Kronos being daddy of the gods? Like, did he just spot the magic of the shoes? But then why didn't did he spot Ares all the other but why didn't he spot all the other magical god items that they have? Why just the shoes? And also, those shoes Question. were meant to be on Percy's feet. Were they? Well, he gave them to per- Luke. Gave them to Percy. Yeah, I, I'm. I am curious how Grove, like, why Percy's referring to them as Grover's shoes. Because at yeah, no cause... point did we see Percy give them to Grover. No, but he, he did give them to Grover. Did he? When? Um. When was it? He needed the shoes to fly for something. Oh, Medusa, the Medusa bit. He gave them to Grover. I can't remember why. We could fly up and hide. You're right. Yes. You're right. So then Grover's kept them since. But like, Luke gave them to Percy. He did. I don't know. I get this feeling that like, only only because they've come from Luke. I'm like, Luke's a rat. He also doesn't like his dad. So he would probably do something. Does that mean he's not like his granddad anymore? No, but you don't know. I don't know. This is just me. Stuff. I mean, even if Luke is the rat, maybe he's not anymore. That we've we've seen how much apparently the show's changed stuff. True. Annabeth also regrets something, which I'm like, I, I she's hiding something. Possibly. I sh- I assume so. I was either that or there's something she hasn't told Percy, which is why she was so keen for them to go, because so she didn't want to be- pry into it. I like to think right now that someone who's read all the books was like screaming at us. So I'm just going to say something to show that I am like paying a, a bit of attention to the fandom. Okay. So, by the sounds of it, at some point in the series of books, and maybe if the show gets enough series during the show, mm. we're going to deal with Roman god children as well. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. Does that Cause, mean? Because so, like, I'm pretty sure I saw something about different camps other than Camp Half Blood. Okay. And I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but there was something about a camp that had a name that I like. And I saw it was like instead of Zeus, it had what's uh, the Roman equivalent to Zeus? Roman. Oh. Um... Equivalent of Zeus. Did it Jupiter? Yeah, Camp yes. Jupiter. I saw something about Camp Jupiter. And I'll tell you why I know that. I only know that because of the statues you had to collect in the second Assassin's Creed game. <laughs> um, so I think later on we might have to deal with Roman half-bloods, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Does that mean we can get Nordic half-bloods? 
maybe. Who knows? But I mean, I always thought the Roman gods were the same as the Greek gods, and they just had different names for them. So maybe that's also just like a book that was released in a different language where they used them names instead. Maybe, I don't know. Um, but that's just something that maybe is worth keeping an eye out for. I don't know. Okay. Again, I might be getting shouted out like I'm a fucking idiot right now. Or Also, I... I mean, I'll, my brain immediately... So when um, Hades was like... Um, oh, my helmet has gone missing and it makes you invisible. Yeah. I was like, Annabeth's cap? <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. I, I thought that exact same thing as well. Because, like, although she says it was a gift from her mother, there's no, like, she could have lied. But also, Ares says she gets quite, uh, that he's quite annoyed by his sister a lot as well. Hmm. And she's, like, the goddess of wisdom, and everyone, everyone talks about her, like, as powerful as the big three, but she's, like, shunned from the big three. So, mate, I don't, I honestly don't know. But obviously, like, would, yeah, my, my brain was like, is, is Annabeth finding something? But then the, the backpack thing... was Ares, because obviously the bolt turns out is in there. Mm. It feels and like then... very much two sides to this war that hadn't happened yet. Yeah, and then Ares obviously was waiting for them on the beach, which is suspicious. The end. Um, I enjoyed the flashback, though, of showing the his mother what? and Poseidon talk. I assume Poseidon appears in the next episode alongside them on the beach. Otherwise, uh, the ending montage makes zero sense. Well, something tells me, like, maybe Ares is walking and then he turns up to protect them. All I'm saying is I wouldn't attack the the clearly very powerful and very headstrong son of the god of the sea on a beach. <laughs> yeah, true. Unless he's not going to attack them. Maybe he's just walking up to go talk to them. Yeah, the war god is known for his... Uh, well, maybe he's got a different plan for them. A battle of words. But uh, I'm interested to see what happens in episode 8. Yes, absolutely. I'm very curious. I hope... I hope we don't get a Disney Plus Marvel-style issue of me being very angry with the pacing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see as well. Maybe, as this seems to have been successful for them, maybe season two, if it gets greenlit, is a bit longer. Maybe that helps yeah. them address some of these issues. I, I struggled to believe it would have been so much more expensive. Bearing in mind, like, the budget they were setting per episode was, like, $15 million. I don't mm. know what you're spending $15 million an episode on. CGI. Like it's, no, but it's not that outrageous. Grover, Grover's legs just alone. Do you know what I mean? So I, I would much rather that what 15 times 8 is 120. So do like 12 million for 10. There you go. Yeah. Saved you $6 million in giving you two episodes. You're welcome. Accounting is so easy. Like, come on. Um, But yeah. Should we get on to another Disney Plus show that I know we're both very excited for? Yes, and I actually had forgot was coming up till the I trailer dropped. Coming. I didn't know how soon we would be expecting it. Well, yeah, I knew it was this year, but I just hadn't clicked. Yeah. Bad Batch Season 3. Mm. We also got release date, which I've not written down. What was it? February 14th? 21st? 14th, I think. 21st. 
Oh, I'm wrong. <laughs> Episodes one, two, and three on February twenty first. Oh, okay. For a twelve episode season as well, which is following a trend we've seen of Star Wars stuff, where when they want to tell a very specific story over the season, sorry, fifteen episodes. Mm. Um, when they want to tell a very specific story over the season, they start with a bunch of episodes mm-hmm. to solve the Percy Jackson issue. Well, or, yeah, they... oh, we're trying to rush. They're like, no, we're not going to rush. We're just going to give you the stuff that you'll want out of the way mm. in one go. You can binge that, and then we will do an episode a week. It's also because obviously it's like, say what, well, but Bad Batch is just the follow-on seasons of Clone Wars animated. Uh-huh. Clone it's, Wars after Clone Wars. Yeah, it's, they've just renamed. It. So it's like they're still in Bad Batch the odd filler episode. So they do this like triple episode start. They have a few episodes in mid-season. They do a double episode. I don't think there will be. I think there is a double I, episode this time. No, no, no. I don't, oh. I don't think there'll be any filler. I think I there'll think be a... It's going to be like the last season of Clone Wars. Possibly. But like, they do this thing where they do the double episode mm. in the middle, which is like a part one, part two, and then they do the same at the end. Which I really actually like because because they're animated and generally a bit shorter, like it helps tell those important stories at the right time and not make people wait like a week. So we've got a triple episode. Yep. Single, single, double. Mm-hmm. Single, single, double. Single, 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 single. Oh, okay. So yeah, then probably no filler. No. Which means I mean, this is going to be nutty. This is... So let, let's be honest. This season, going off the trailer, is probably going to answer one maybe two long questions in star wars which Uh we know have been set up through clone wars and mando uh which is palpatine has somehow returned yep they're finally actually not going to dance around this whole cloning thing and palpatine like they have been in the previous bad batch episodes and palpatine shows up in the trailer and he's talking about the future of his empire which is very clearly him talking about how do I keep my lineage and my pa- control going. Um, we know it's been set up for that. So I'm intrigued by us finally getting to that point where they like essentially spell it out and be like, look, this is what's happening. And this is how all that down the line happens. I also saw some people wondering if we maybe get some answer to um, his lineage and how Ray came about. We kind of know how Ray came about, no? We know her parents ditched her, but I don't know if we really know exactly, like... Was her dad not a son of one of his clones? I don't like, know exactly. Tripping. I feel like... I not feel like that I remember off that. To us, but it was just Possibly. But, like, maybe we'll get a bit more clarity on that as well. Maybe. But there is one thing everyone's excited for. From just the trailer alone, which is a Sarge Venture. Yes. With a yellow it's lightsaber. Gonna be, it's gonna be lit. Yeah. It's going to be lit. Which it's gonna be so lit. makes the second yellow lightsaber, because Ray had one. I don't yes. know if we've seen anyone else have one. I don't know. Not that I'm aware. So people are a bit interested about. Asajj, though, because obviously we got shown her in the trailer. 
And this is now quite some time after Order 66. Not like a whole yeah. lot of time, but it's, there's... The last we saw was she went back to Daphomir and was with her sisters. Yeah. The only other thing about her story is a book where, um, if I remember this right, she ends up falling in love with a, the Jedi um, Quinlan Voss, I think his name is. Okay. Who we heard mention of in the um, Obi-Wan show on the pathway stuff. Yes. So I knew I recognized that name. <laughs> so he obviously is rocking about and then she some she ends up dying in the book, I think, and gets buried back on Daphne. Okay. So apparently the showrunners have said that it that book will not be changed. So either this is okay. gonna be set just before that stuff, or maybe she's resurrected. Cause we know Daphne's love to uh resurrect people yeah people from dathomir don't really stay dead no so i think they have a moral objection against it it'll be interesting to see how much of that story they're telling this yeah alongside sure. everything sure. going on but I, i'm very excited yeah it's um it's really weird knowing that this is going to be the last season of the bad batch and like that was a big part of the trailer it's like one last battle mm -hmm. the whole thing is freeing omega from mm -hmm. like the institute empire yeah. facility that she's been taken to it looks like she's been there a little while because they look like they've aged up her character model slightly yeah there's a couple of shots where she looks older and there's that one clip where like um hunter's like she's been waiting for us for a while so i'm wondering so if maybe there's a time skip yeah i'm thinking this could be maybe a year after the last one yeah, or we start off just after, or fairly close after, and then they do a time jump later, maybe. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what what the outcome of that is. Mm. But also, just because this is the end of the Bad Batch show, I don't know if this is the end of these characters. Yeah, well, we know Wrecker ends up on... Is it Wrecker? Well, we know Rex ends up on that planet that we yeah. saw in... Rebels. Rebels. And he was there with Wolf and someone else. Yeah, I can't remember. So, like, and obviously Rex has shown up in some of the Bad Batch. It's like, Rex has to get to that point. I think we talked about it last season. I reckon when this ends, we maybe get, like, a Rex arc that fills in his story a bit and what yeah. he was getting up to. I mean, there is a chance with um, the Filoni film coming, which is going to kind of end the Mandoverse and shut off the Skywalker saga, that maybe this is the end of, like, well, yeah, this, this is era. This is filling prequel to original. Yeah. And then Mando's is filling original to sequel. Like, yeah, you could be right. Like, this could be the final point. Um and then Mando closes off that other gap as well, and then that's what's done. Yeah. But for yeah. sure. Um, I'm excited for it. It'll be mm -hmm. fun to see some characters. Um, there will definitely, like you said, there'll be some larger implications towards the Star Wars universe. Yes. Um, that will definitely be put towards solving some of the stuff we've seen in the sequels. 
and maybe mm. also they it wouldn't be the first time they've done stuff to try and set up stuff that happens in the Mandoverse projects. Yeah. And there's a bit of crossover. So I wouldn't be surprised if whatever kind of stuff relating to cloning is dealt with here mm. follows on into yeah, it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me if there's um, it ends with the they figured out how to clone Palpatine, but they need a being of Yoda's kind, which is strong in midichlorians. Um, and then that obviously sets up the Grogu stuff. Exactly. Um, so yeah, it will be very very fun to see what comes of that. Yes, yes, it will. Now. We are still in award season. We are. We are being we're being proactive this week. We're talking about some nominations. We are. Uh, we're talking about the Oscar nominations. Ooh. Um, the Oscars are, of course, seen as the most prestigious awards, and as a result, they are also the biggest joke of an award. Yeah. Um, I really, really want to be able to respect awards, but time and time again, they do stuff that piss everyone off. So you're just kind of like, how can I respect you when you don't even respect yourself? But yeah, that is neither here nor there. Let's talk through some of the the talking points. Um, Oppenheimer is the most nominated film, uh, with thirteen nominations, no surprise. including best picture, best director, best male lead, best supporting male, um, soundtrack, uh, sorry, score, not soundtrack, mm. um, best adaptation for a screenplay. All of them like. Very, very more prestigious awards. Yeah. Um, Barbie gets eight nominations, which is very, very good. Mm-hmm. But there has been quite a bit of controversy. Some of it oh. I don't necessarily agree with. Some of it doesn't make sense to me, but I'm not sure okay. if I agree with or disagree with. So, Margot Robbie mm-hmm. did not get nominated for Best Leading Lady. Okay. And Greta Gerwig doesn't get a direct best director nomination but the film has been nominated for best picture okay and best screen uh, adapted screenplay what i don't understand um margot robbie not getting nominated i think is a bit of a surprise but i don't necessarily think it's a bad decision yeah what i what i'm struggling with is barbie didn't get nominated for best cinematography best mm. visual effects or anything else that impacts what the film looks like yeah but got nominated for best picture so i don't understand how greta can't have been nominated for best director that doesn't make sense to me no which then makes me feel like is barbie just in like don't get me wrong Great, it's a great film and it deserves to be in best picture but then it's like do they feel it did but they're like well everyone's talked about why we kind of have to put it in yeah because everyone um, knows the people that pick the like they're a bit like snobby at times about absolutely so um yeah it's a bit weird also a bit of controversy that's wound me up a little bit because it's actually hurting the legacy of the barbie film oh um, so people are talking about how Margot Robbie got overlooked mm. and they're like don't you find it crazy how a film about women getting overlooked once men find out about the patriarchy is once again having a woman be overlooked but 
Margot Robbie didn't get nominated for an award that only a woman can win. It's like this is what's confusing. It's not yeah. like a man. It's not like a man's been nominated for best actress, and that stopped her getting nominated. Yeah, it's. I wonder if they're saying that because I don't know who's on the Oscars panel, but I imagine it is a mix of people. But um, maybe they're trying to like in. I don't know. If they it. cared that much, they just wouldn't nominate it at all, though. Yeah, I don't know. You're not you're not going to nominate a film for best picture if like you're so anti-feminism. No, the whole point of the film is feminism. I, f- I feel like they don't. They wouldn't because it's a Barbie film. To them, maybe it doesn't. It's not like some amazing. It's not like Oppenheimer. Yeah. Um, but oh, yeah, because of an Oscar film. But it's like because of how big barbie was and how much she's talked about they know that if it wasn't in best picture people would be like what the fuck so it and this comes back to what you said at the beginning like the award shows can prove that like are controversial at times with their decisions i am not suggesting i like to watch like international art piece films that you wouldn't go to a cinema to see but you go to an art house to see yeah. i'm not that kind of, but i watch a fuck ton of film i pay a lot of attention to what films are coming out and when mm. a lot of the films nominated for stuff i hadn't even heard of the oscars are their own little ecosystem and every single year there's at least two films that win a number of awards that I promise you, no one you ever speak to has seen them films. Yeah, unless you're like some film major who's yeah <laughs> studying um, everything. The, yeah, and you can say what you want about oh, the general public aren't smart enough to enjoy this art piece. If you don't know how to make art accessible, you're not that good an artist. Yeah. Oppenheimer, stunning art. Mm-hmm. Guess what? It was made accessible. Barbie is it genuinely a stunning piece of art? Mm-hmm for its critique and comment and the way it comments about society made accessible for everyone. If you can't make your art accessible, what's your art even trying to say? Um, speaking of art, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 mm. um, gets a nomination for VFX. Um, VFX Oscar nominations have been kind of the only ones Marvel can ever get. Yeah. Um, but what I will say is Guardians of the Galaxy 3 has been like the best VFX on a Marvel film since like Endgame. Yeah, I'm trying to think of I mean, any. Has, has there been much else this year that would really compete in that? No. So I guess that's the yeah, and it's the only kind of Marvel f- thing to really be have a chance at being nominated. Yeah, I mean that that was Ant Man. <laughs> yeah, but that was never going to get VFX. No. No, it was not. Um, John Williams got a nomination mm. for Indiana Jones Dial of Destiny score. Um, and that makes him still the most nominated person in history. And it once again, breaking his own record, makes him the oldest ever nominee. Because surprisingly, he is older now than he was last time he got nominated. Um, so what John Williams just stays cooking. Um, Across the Spider-Verse got a nomination for Best Animated Movie. But mm-hmm. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles did not. 
Interesting. Mm. I there has been quite an uproar. People were not happy. Depends where else was nominated. Uh, would you like me to tell you? Yeah, go on. Uh, why is my thing not working? Oh, no, Mento. Uh, other. Oh my god, that's very bright. Uh, right so the other nominated animated feature films yes the boys and the heron which is what's going to win elemental which is disney nimona which i've never heard of robot dreams and then spider-man across the spider-verse so i've just googled nimona i've seen images of that but i've not watched it is a Netflix thing. Um, Robot Dreams. No fucking clue what that is. Um, had a budget of five million euros and it made five hundred thousand dollars. Oofed. <laughs> um, like. I if if it was me, it's between Spider Man and then I obviously the boy and the heron because it's the boy and the heron's gonna me. win and I can I can live with that. It's it, this has been the animated film that's just cleaning up this award season. Elemental was being touted as Disney's biggest flop in the last thirty years, literally earlier this year. I know it had a massive turnaround and ended up making money out of nowhere, but yeah, this but film was used as dog thing. shit for like six months. It's the only like big Disney animated film that's come out right so it's like Disney usually Disney and Pixar get like one between the two of them as a nomination oh, so you can't even see any like money for Nimona because it didn't, doesn't even look like it had a theatrical release no it was Netflix I'm pretty sure do, do you know what the Oscars should do to actually help the film industry not allow anything <laughs> that doesn't have a theatrical release to be nominated yeah if you don't release it in cinema you can't nominate it stop letting streaming services withhold stuff just on their streaming platform and not give it a theatrical release. Nah. Because that, that's killing cinemas. Just going back to VFX, I'm just scrolling through the nominations. I see the creator is on VFX. That's winning That'll VFX. Win. Yeah, yeah, I watched it the other weekend. It is on my such list a, to watch soon. I'm very, very excited film. to watch it. it. It is proper like old school looking sci-fi but done modern and it looks like a breath of fresh air and I it's cannot wait so to find well time. Done. So worth a watch, but yeah, I like I'd love Spider Man to win, but like I just say, don't understand how Teenage Mutant Ninja didn't even get a nomination. I'm not saying that Robot Dreams isn't a good film, but it made ten percent of its budget. Yeah, it's and 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 it's not like it had a stupid budget. Do you know what I think it is? Can only uh, can only have one superhero animated thing. Like, I just, and don't get me wrong, I understand that, like, the whole point of awards is it isn't about, like, just commercial success. Mm. But guess what? Especially with animation, in a time when people are more receptive to animated films than ever before, if you can't break even on a tiny budget of $5 million, no one wants to watch your film. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not trying, maybe it's a good film. Maybe. I am being a dick here. 
Well, I can live with that. But yeah, it's I'm sorry. Come on, yeah. what are we doing? Um, but there are a number of first-time nominees. Oh, okay. This year, I, I'm pretty sure I heard someone say it's like one of the largest group of first-time nominees, but don't quote me on that. Um, so we've got Killian Murphy, of course. Yeah. Um, America Ferreira, um, who was has been nominated for supporting lead actress uh, for her role in Barbie. Um, Emily Blunt for Oppenheimer. Lily Gladstone for Flower uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. All right, yeah. Um, making her, I believe, the first Native American acting nominee. I'm pretty sure I've heard somewhere. Oh. Um, we've got the actor who played um, Commissioner Gordon in Matt Reeves' Batman. I forget his name. He's been nominated. Jeffrey Wright. Uh, Sterling K. Brown's been nominated for the first time. So yeah, I'm, I, I've, I read somewhere it was like one of the largest we've had. I'm not sure if it's the, the biggest, mm. but like there's like a lot of first-time nominees this year, which is um, always fun. Um, and I mean... No matter how much me and you and anyone on the internet sits here and says how pointless and shit the Oscars are, yeah, it's still obviously a big moment for these actors, and I wish no ill will to anyone who wins one of these awards. Oh yeah, it's obviously a massive career achievement from them, but as fans, I think we can all kind of sit here and go. Sometimes award shows don't really know what they're talking about. Yeah. Um. Should we discuss some nerdy news? Yes, let's. We've got um lots of medium but sized bites this week, I think is the best way to describe it. Nothing yeah. really eye-watering, but lots of little tasty tidbits. It's a um what do you call one of them trays? It's like a uh it's one of them trays that Entree. goes on like finger food on it, yeah. Um so first and foremost, yesterday or the day before. Mm. Ryan Reynolds announced on Twitter that Deadpool 3 has wrapped filming so that they yes. can be ready for their July 26th release date. Yep. I am weirdly anxious for this film. Yeah, it's like there's kind of a lot riding on potential setup for the future of the MCU and it's like I think there is a danger that they try and go to meta. And it... While Deadpool is inherently a very meta character, mm. it's only funny when it's meta for stupid, pointless stuff and doesn't give a fuck about being meta when it matters. Yeah. I... My hot take? It could be a bust. I think there is a just as good chance that this is an absolute bomb as it is that it's a success. I I think it'll be good overall. I think that my, my like prediction is there may be one too many jokes about X-Men Origins. Or, like, jokey reference to, like, hey, haven't we met before? <laughs> sort of like, thing. Just so we're clear here, the first Deadpool film came out eight years ago. <sighs> yeah? Yeah. 
the second one came out in 2018. Mm-hmm. The world was vastly different then. Yeah. And what I mean to say is the word like the word woke was used, but it wasn't like this massive red yeah. flag waving ball that it is now. And the kind of people who went to see Deadpool were both people like me and you, who are very mm. liberal and yeah, do your own thing, who gives a fuck. And also the edgy crowd who wants everything to be racist and out of, over the top. Let's just be completely clear. Deadpool yeah. has this kind of ability to kind of pander to everyone, which yeah. is incredibly unique. Um, but now, a moment in Deadpool 2, like finding out Negasonic Teenage Warhead is gay and meeting Yukio. Yeah. And him going, pump the hate breaks. I don't give a fuck you're gay. I just wasn't expecting that kind of energy pairing, which is very funny to us because it's like, yeah, Wade doesn't give a fuck. Love whoever you want. Yeah. The same people who claim they love the first two Deadpool films are going to show up to see this. There is going to be a joke similar to that or on that same kind of level. They were like, yeah. Disney has made Deadpool woke and he's not changed at all. True. And the entire thing is going to stop being talking about the quality of the jokes and the humour and the action. And it's going to become another one of these bullshit arguments about, oh, everything's woke, everything's terrible, woe is me, let me be racist. Do you know what I think, though? I think what will actually happen is they'll make one of those jokes and then we'll get a fourth wall break of Deadpool going, now, before you all start going on Twitter and calling us woke, we were doing this in the first two films. (laughs) Like, there'll be some meta joke there of him calling the people out for getting mad before they get mad. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, um, I've I've got a real, real bad feeling that this film's going to be a bust. I think that style of humour has kind of faded away. Because I I feel like Deadpool was such a success that what you had was a lot of people trying to replicate it. Yeah. And I think we might have now worn out because it's very it's very specific style of humor that you don't want to watch. Like no one wants every film to be like Deadpool, if that makes sense. Mm. Because it's 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 a style of film you can get bored of quite quickly. Um and I'm just hoping that I'm wrong. That's what I'm 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 hoping I'm wrong. But Yeah, see I think I think that stuff might be okay. I'm just more worried about because we know this is them bringing it all into the MCU officially i feel like there could be some fuck up there maybe awesome we will have to wait and see um we've got a invincible season two continuation restart date uh march 14th is when it's coming back yep i wish they had just waited until it was all finished yeah i wish they hadn't said it was good to go when it clearly wasn't it feels and like release the first four or five episodes whatever it was and then paused again so they could finish the rest of the season yeah i'd rather they'd like waited another month or so so then they i'd like i'm fine with the idea of a gap but it feels like this gap's been really long we finished before christmas yeah and it's coming back in march that's not even like, like a, a that's two, that's two separate seasons. Yeah, that's like a good three month gap. Whereas, like, if it had been like a month and a half, it wouldn't felt so bad. 
I think we were getting to a point in the season of maximum hype, though, where you start getting more people to watch the show. And instead of being able to capitalize on that hype, they just yeah. went, fuck you, nothing for three months. Yeah, that's what I, I'm like. The gap's been too long. Waited. I'd rather they just waited. Yeah. It's, it's not even like I was like, oh no, work them harder, get it out earlier. I'm not saying that at all. I'd rather they just waited. Yeah. I'd rather we hadn't had any of the episodes yet, and the announcement the other day was season two will be coming out, and oh, the first episode will be coming out March 14th, and then we get an episode a week. Do you think they were originally going to release later, but then with the strikes and con- like issues, they were like, oh, well, we'll pull Invincible forward to fill a gap? Maybe. Or spread it out or something. I don't know. But yeah, yeah I, I, I get I get what you mean though. It has felt like a very big gap between part yeah. one and part two. It's yeah, it's, um, it's, a, it's a real, real rough one. Um, I'm glad when it's back though. Yes. Um, in the ever-changing world of there being what feels like less and less studios and everything just being one giant either Disney or Apple subsidiary. Yeah. Um, Paramount and Skydance are now discussing a potential merger. It's... I, I, I I'm think... sick of this. It's... We are so late stage capitalism right now. Like we have our entire <laughs> life has been playing games and consuming media of a cyberpunk dystopian where there are four mm. companies. Mm-hmm. It's... And we literally sit here watching it happen. I feel By the end like of our life it is going to be literally Disney, Amazon, Apple, and then a Japanese-based company like Mitsubishi or something. I don't know what the biggest Japanese company is at the minute. Tencent. I'm sick of it. No, no, Tencent. Yeah, China. Tencent. That's China. Well, Tencent will be one of them. Yeah, but uh, oh, yeah, it's no, like Disney's going to fold into Apple. It'll be Apple, um... Amazon, Tencent, and then someone else. Google. Uh, I feel like this comes from kind of the result of the streaming wars we've had for a while, where uh-huh. all these different streaming platforms trying to do their own content and be like, they're realizing they can't all individually succeed. So they're having to like merge because they're realizing, well, if we're together, we're a stronger platform than that studio on its own. And I also think it's partly economy. Two companies merging into one is a stronger chance of making it through than two separate companies both making it through. So, but yeah, like you say, it's becoming a recurring thing now where they're all slowly condensing. And we'll probably get a thing where Paranet and Skydance merge and then down the line, that company then merges with one of the other ones that's merged and we get essentially four studios in one. Yeah, it's crazy absolutely crazy yeah um oh this is another fucking crazy one and this goes back to like the thing i've been saying i need to sit down and write a piece about for like last six weeks Mm. now and this is literally the epitome of it kevin's clearly been watching yeah kevin is a fan kevin knows he's he's in my emails all the time he needs to just (laughs) grab that phone and give me the check pay you um Reports suggesting Sony want MCU Spider-Man 4 to go bigger and bolder than No Way Home and potentially bring back Andrew and Toby again. 
Mm. While reportedly Tom Holland and Kevin Fee want to go to a more local and grounded story with lower stakes. So, as I've alluded to for the last few weeks, and I will mm-hmm. put a full piece together on this, but I need to do a lot of research, and it's going to be a big bit and a lot of talking. But Spider-Man has always worked because he is the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Yes, he has his parts to play in these big events, yep. but he is the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. He teams up when he has to, but for the most part, he works alone. That's fine. Yes, that's that. That's just how he works. Yeah. And yes, it is okay for there to be big events where he fights the Sinister Six and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But the problem you've got is Spider-Man is the most famous superhero in the world. Anyone who's about to comment Batman or Superman, you are brain dead. Use Google. Spider-Man has been bigger than them combined for the last 20 years nonstop. Um, and as a result of that, there is so much money to be made from Spider-Man that he's not viewed as a TV asset because no one's willing to spend the money on a TV show to make it good enough. Mm. So what you get with instead is they have to make films. Yep. And then as a result of that, a film isn't going to be long enough to tell a proper Spider-Man story. So what you have to get instead is just these big event films. Mm-hmm. And then the big event films don't portray Spider-Man properly, which means it just feels like you're cashing in on the IP while not paying any actual attention to the IP. Yep. What Spider-Man really needs is the Daredevil treatment. He needs yeah. a 12 to 18 episode show with a crazy budget on Disney Plus where you let him be Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And for every two seasons of that show that you get, then you do a film. Mm-hmm. And I know that it's a lot of money. I promise you, it will make up for it. The The most popular Spider-Man media has been the animated Spider-Man TV shows. Mm. And why is that? Because Spider-Man works so much better in a fucking animated setting. And it's not because he's inherently an animated character. It's because the only way you get to tell proper Spider-Man stories is in it's a TV show. Form, yeah. And the only way you're going to do a TV show of Spider-Man is that isn't stupidly budget is animated. Yep. Now I get you. And it's I not think, complicated. I think you're right. Like a low-key quality with like Daredevil sort of level of amount of episodes would be really good. Give me 18 episodes of Spider-Man trying to take down fucking anyone. Hammerhead. Tombstone. Mm. Where he's like destructing an entire set up organized crime and he's trying to work out what's going on. I just, we need it. We need it. it also, the thing is, though, with this, like, it doesn't surprise me Sony wants a bigger and bolder film because one, they saw the money they made off No Way Home. Like, No Way Home was the last film to make a fuck ton of money at the cinema. Like, they they want that again. Also, we know Sony's building its own Spider-Verse that is trying to get, like, pulled in and wants pulled in. And it's like a bigger Spider-Man movie can help lean towards that. And they just want their films to mean more. And it's like... Knowing that we were were meant to get, like, college era now, right, of Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Like, yeah, why? Like, I can see why Tom Holland and Feige want to, to move it more local and grounded. 
I'm not saying that we have to try and recreate comics in other mediums. I'm not saying that at all. Mm. What I am saying is Spider-Man's been the most successful comic forever. Yeah, And amazing. the way comics work is they tell their arcs over three or four issues. Mm. Turn that into three or four episodes for an arc. Have a 12-episode series with four little mini-arcs where he deals with a different villain for each of them. Do two mm. seasons. Guess what? That's six villains. Guess what that then unlocks the ability to do? Very easily. A Sinister Six show. You've set up a uh, Sinister Six film. You've set up everything. Mm. It's all good to go. There are very few Spider-Man stories off the top of my dome that are more film than TV. And basically all of them require TV before you could do the story anyway. Yeah. I I was hearing rumours, uh, granted this was a while ago, that Spider-Man 4 was apparently being pitched as Craven's last hunt. We hadn't even had Craven as a bad guy yet, and they were trying to jump to Craven's big story. It makes no sense. Well, if that was Sony pushing that but, idea. But Craven's last hunt is when Craven's been hunting Spider Man for like 20 years and yeah, he's but dying. If, if Sony was pushing that idea, knowing they're making oh. a Craven film and being like, ha, ah, we can tie these together. Like, I can I, get, I, I can just... see where that's come from, but like, again. Like you say, not a good idea. So I think the problem's going to be Sony wants a bigger film. If Marvel doesn't, Sony can very easily just turn around and go, you're not using Spider-Man. It's, it's, I just, there is a big argument recently that um, Sony needs to keep the rights away from Disney no matter what, because Disney don't know what they're doing or no, Disney aren't the bad guys here you need to make sure and just go get the rights off Spider-Man I don't give a fuck who owns the rights I want someone who actually gives a fuck about the character and the fans who are going to try and tell a story that makes sense instead of just trying cashing in on the name, I'm sick of it you want to know why they're super FT? Because you're just trying to make 300 million dollar films that make you 2 billion dollars without thinking Come on. Well, it's, it's these, char- these characters are iconic for a reason. Uh, good news for the Daredevil Born Again TV show, though. Yes. Uh, it was a fan favourite. Um, it was reportedly going to be returning for three episodes. Okay. Again, a nice little three-episode arc against an iconic villain. Um, so that would be good news. It, mm. it really seems like... Disney got hold of whatever the Netflix's plan was for season four, and they're just tweaking it slightly and running with it because you know Netflix did absolute peak with Daredevil. Yeah, partly probably now they've got pro- proper writers in the right places, and they're going well. We know Daredevil, like Netflix, won't work, and everyone wants this. Like we can come up with a way to continue that. So exactly. Um, we got a new trailer for the live-action Avatar: The Last Airbender mm. show. Yes. I'll be honest. I never really watched it. I knew that was coming. So I wasn't a big anime kid growing up. I mean, I'm still not a big anime guy now, but like I know a lot of people who like ended up being anime fans watch like Dragon Ball Z or Avatar the Last Airbender. I never really watched like I saw bits and pieces, but I never watched it. So I never finished it. I watched a good chunk of it, and it's one of the things that like I've forever meant to go back and like finish. Um all I'm the main takeaway I'm seeing is the fans of the animated show 
We all had our gripe with the first att attempt at a live action. It was very poorly done. We were very disappointed. From just this trailer alone, everyone's like, holy shit, this feels like they've got it right. So, like, with the way that characters look, the outfits, the visuals, the way they're doing bending, the just general vibe of the whole trailer feels like they've pretty much gone, not, not quite one for one, but, like, it's very much one for one. So fans are very happy. I'm very excited. Uh, All I so know is a long time ago, the, everything was peaceful, and then the Fire Nation attack. You know that's going to be a line in the opening. And also, I believe the big fluffy thing that looks like a cow is called Appa. Yeah. Cool. That that is my oh, knowledge. Oh. Um, <laughs> I might give it a watch. I'll see. I'll definitely be watching. Um, reports are growing. That Amazon Prime video has struck a near $100 million deal with Mr. Beast to make a show. Reports are suggesting that he would release the first episode also on his YouTube channel. And then all the subsequent episodes would be on Prime Video. That I mean... is an ungodly amount of money. Because I'm is. willing to bet that $100 million isn't for the show. I think that's how much they're paying him to make the show. Well, yeah, it's essentially like, I, it wouldn't surprise me if that's the budget they're giving him. And then he adds whatever he wants. <laughs> I I don't think so. I think that... Is that just the rights uh, to the show? The way I take this is, here you go, Jimmy Beast. Here's a hundred million. Now here's your budget to make a show for us. Essentially, or it's like make a show. This is what we're gonna pay you for that show. But yeah, still, even if he does ten episodes and a hundred million dollars is how much he gets to make them ten well, episodes, we know what he can do. Do you know what his biggest problem is gonna be? Runtime. Gonna... <laughs> well, here's the thing: it's because gonna be a game show. Want... Yeah, but Prime don't want 10-minute episodes. No. I'm telling you right now, there is going to be, at the end of this, one of three things. Mm -hmm. No YouTuber is ever going to get a TV show deal ever again. <laughs> Jimmy is going to say um, it was a horrible experience and he will never work with a TV company again because they were controlling the editing. Or the people that Prime Video are hoping are going to watch it are going to be like, why Why am I buying Prime Video to watch 10 five-minute episodes? Because they're going to let Jimmy completely control it. Jimmy makes stuff for YouTube, and he is brilliant at that. He, he has mastered and gained the algorithm to a way that no one else has. All respect to him. I'm not going to pretend I know YouTube better than him. Mm. What I will tell you is, I know a lot about the way this world works, even as an outsider, Prime don't want 10 YouTube length episodes, and I don't know if Ooh. Jimmy knows how to make his content work in 30 minute episodes. What if it's his show, I'm thinking he'll do some game show sort of competition, but what if it's actually, you know he's gone this trend of I went and built this many thousand wells, or I went and cured X amount of people's blindness 
what if the show is each episode is like them but they basically just go a bit more in depth in what he's doing that is potentially the only way i see it working if it's like a documentary style thing where they just follow him around potentially it's like i don't know but, 10 episodes and he's just 10 like but at the world same time, are things. they paying anyone a hundred million dollars for like a documentary like let's, let's be clear here i know he is like he has transcended youtube fame and he is like full-on celebrity now i get that no one's paying a hundred million dollars for a documentary about a youtuber and i'm not even using youtuber in like a derogatory way here mr beast will tell you himself he's a youtuber I'm curious about this show because it is like potential groundbreaking. Yeah, it depends but what it does. I don't see how it works. Um, yeah. Either that or he's going to come up with some absolute nut game show that it's going to, like, his ones where it's like 100 people, but it's like, I don't know, more than that. And it's just how long that game goes on for like a week or something like he can get enough out of it maybe but i don't know bearing in mind that jimmy's demographic Mm. is like seven to 15 year olds primarily yeah who are the tiktok generation which is why like he's done his ad reads where it's cool stuff is happening while he does his ad read so you don't just fall forward through the ad bit and he doesn't let anything sit in. It's go, 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 which is why they're only 15 minutes long because he's not going to risk losing retention like we do. Yeah. Um, that same style of editing for a 30-minute show will give the kind of person who's going to sit down and watch Prime Video a fucking Here's the headache. thing. Here's the thing. He, Prime Video is obviously different format to YouTube, so we don't know that he... Like, sure, he does his videos in that style because he knows how to game YouTube. He might, like, also understand how to game Prime Video. I get what you're saying, but this is where, like, these other problems come in for me. So, he either makes it work for TV, in which case it's not going to feel like a Mr. Beast video anymore. At which point, what are you paying for? Oh, they're they're paying for it. Or he does it in his style anyway. And then if you have to watch a Mr. B style video with the speed of it for 30 minutes, you're going to have a headache. I refuse to believe you are. No one is sitting down to watch 10 30-minute episodes of Mr. B style editing and cutting all over the place without having a fucking migraine afterwards. I refuse to believe it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm really, really curious to see how this goes. I know I sound really net. I'm just genuinely curious to see how this ends up coming together. Because it seems like the perfect storm of, wow, that was a terrible idea. But I'm also ready to be blown out of the water by a genius idea. Yeah. And I feel, I also, how will it affect him doing his YouTube videos? Mm-hmm. Is the other thing. Like, is um, he ended- unless... Unless he goes, I know I can make these massive things for $1 million each. I'm doing 10 episodes. That's $10 million. That gives me $90 million to upscale my... Because he has essentially his own production company at this point. Um, and in, he just scales it up so that he's got enough people to handle stuff. In Before This is just a show that's going to be on his YouTube channel. But it's essentially just sponsored by Amazon Prime. And that's the sponsorship deal. 
what it ends up flopping so they just like just put it all on your youtube channel well no it's just like this is what this deal is is he's going to make a show sponsored by amazon prime slapped covered in amazon prime branding mm. but it's just on his youtube <laughs> i don't like know anyone's paying a hundred million dollars i mean amazon's got money to f- I know. throw around anyway i guess we'll have to wait and see yeah um but two bits of content we we don't have to see and we know exactly how well they turn out. <laughs> it's content championship time. It is. The final <laughs> yeah. semi-final. Semi-final? Yeah. The second semi-final. The second semi-final <laughs> or the final semi-final. That's just semi-final. <laughs> Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Rings versus Captain America, the Winter Soldier. This will decide what our final is going to be. Yes. And prepare us for episode 100's extravaganza. Mm. Where we're going to be drinking all episode and we're going to get to a heated debate after an hour and a half of drinking. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> mm. um, as always, we have six categories to help us get through. Yes, We've we do. got personal relevance, how well has it aged, rewatchability story acting and cinematography slash general visual appeal mm-hmm. would you like to start us off horizontal i, I can do danger. um so personal relevance i feel like we've, we've obviously talked about these ones a lot in yes over this stretch of the bracket not much obviously has changed but for those that haven't seen those, Lord of the Rings, I mean, it is that entry entry drug into nerdom. It is the that and the original Star Wars trilogy are the two things that I remembered most as a kid. That like I love sci-fi, I love fantasy, I will forever follow these things. Yeah. Um Lord of the Rings has like hard stuck into my brain from being a kid yeah that's fair um and winter soldier it's a great mcu film but it's like it, it to me it doesn't come close to what lord of the rings is to me you're not you're not belittling it because of its genre are you horror no i'm just it came out <laughs> way later and was at a point where i was like already falling in love with the mcu and it's like it didn't it wasn't like a turning point or anything for me. Are you telling us you were going to be the next elite sports athlete until you saw Lord of the Rings and you became a nerd instead? No. <laughs> There's never. I mean, I'm the right height to be a basketball. I just never. I will not go on that tangent. But uh, yeah, for me, Lord of the Rings is like such a such a pinnacle point in my childhood. It's um, it's crazy. Like I've made no secret ever that Winter Soldier is by far my favorite MCU film, mm-hmm. um, and Lord of the Rings is awesome. Like I'm not a high fantasy fan in general. Um, I appreciate what the genre does, but I like my weapons to be a little bit more shooty and a little bit less stabby, each to their own. Um, but the the cultural impact of Lord of the Rings cannot be overstated mm. it has survived a test of time in a way that i don't think people fully understand mm-hmm. like the hobbit came out in 36 
35. Like, there's people to, put it this way, there's people to this day, in a day of TikTok is a new thing, really, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. And people on TikTok are still making first traps about Aragon. Aragon. 1937 so. when the Hobbit book came out. There you go. So this 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 world has survived that long, mm-hmm. effortlessly. Great and writing. then when it was just starting to potentially not be as big, or when the world was getting more intertwined, we get these films which just literally created out of thin air an entire generation of new high fantasy fans. Mm-hmm. Um, so like. While I wouldn't say Lord of the Rings has too much personal relevance for me, I also do have to concede that without it, the genres I love and the stuff I love might not have been given the chance to succeed. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Um, but MCU is fucking massive. Like, I believe it is the most successful franchise of all time. Not impossible to believe when they've done like 30 million films but still impressive it's the most successful franchise of all time Yeah, and, and this is the tippity top of the iceberg for me with that <laughs> franchise Um, how well it's aged I mean I kind of leaked into this a little you bit you did but Lord of the Rings come on yeah still it to this day the epi- it's... it's the epitome of that fine wine that or oh, it's an excellent vintage the double barrel whiskey the 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 real stinky cheese, <laughs> like it is I aged mean, so incredibly. Put well. this way, there's a there's a place that you can now you can physically visit the Shire today, and these films came out so long ago now. I mean, we can't visit it today because it's like a twenty four hour plane ride away. But yes, within forty eight hours, anyone can okay. be there. <laughs> but yeah, like there's a place you can go to, and it's like that's still successful to this day. Yeah, and it's like which is crazy. Yeah. Um, I think Winter Soldier has also aged phenomenally well. I would agree. For like um, those earlier Marvel films where some have kind of shown their cracks and not, and people are like, yeah, they weren't as strong. This one has seen it through and is still one of the early, like earlier ones that is like considered a strong, strong MCU film. Yeah. Rewatchability. Now. This is where I start to make a really strong argument for Captain America and Winter Soldier. <laughs> well, I mean, on one hand, you have a full day of commitment to watch because it's a extended director's... Of the Rings. Yeah, the, the only one you're going to watch nowadays is the extended director's cut, and then you'll probably dabble in some of the behind the scenes because why the hell not? And then you've set yourself up for the weekend because you're going to want to watch the other two. The other is a MCU film that is at a point where not everything is super interconnected and you can pretty much hop in and watch and it's only like, what, two hours most? Yeah, I think at the time it was the longest film, like two hours, 12 minutes. Yeah, so it's like a couple of hours. Cool. Good MCU film. It's an easy watch that requires no brain power. Yeah. And I it's... mean that with all the love in my heart. Like, don't like... get me wrong. If you said to me, we've got a free day, what are we watching? I'd be like, Lord of the Rings. But if it's like 
an evening and we want to throw something on, it's kind of hard to throw Lord of the Rings on. Lord of the Rings is very much a mood film. You have to prepare to watch it, and it's not because it's difficult to watch or anything, but you want to be locked in to watch mm. it. So you want, like, especially as us, and we're, like, quite fidgety-tappy guys. Yeah. I need to know when I'm going to sit down for that long period of time so I can mentally psych myself out. And you're like, right, I need snacks. I need drinks. I need to pee. I need to get cosy. I need to get comfy. And then and only then am I hitting play. And once play is pressed, short of needing, like, a pee or death, I'm not moving until the film is over. With yeah. Soldier, I will throw that bitch on while I'm in the middle of still doing something because it's so easy to keep up with it and like know what's going on. If you need to rewind, you don't feel bad rewinding. If you have to rewind when you're watching Lord of the Rings, you're like, fuck, I wasn't paying enough attention. Mm. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Um, no, I think that's fair. I'm not saying that I would prefer to rewatch Winter Soldier. I'm saying it's much more Easier. rewatchable. Yes. Um, story. I mean, there's a the reason book the book has bo- been around since yeah. 1937. There's a reason Let's... Tolkien's writings are so held in such a high regard. The Samir, the Samirali, Samir, I can't pronounce it. Silver, you know, you know the, yeah, that one is a horrible read. That is all I've ever heard. It's so long. There's not as much of a story to it. It's a law book. Yeah. It is a but book. people still love it. Do you know how yeah. difficult and how awesome your universe has to be for a like? If you were to make the equivalent of that book for DC, Marvel, Star Wars, mm-hmm. then fandoms would instantly go, "Fuck you! I'm not reading that." Yeah, they'd be like, "Can I have it in a comic form, please?" <laughs> yes, like it's mad impressive that people willingly read that book and you're a fucking sociopath if you had like get a hobby (laughs) because that ain't a hobby anymore if you're reading that book that's a job and like to go back to just the film like that series of books originally they wanted it as two films at most and it was like that's what it was pitched as and it's like the books and the content were so strong and the story was so strong that Peter Jackson was like, no, this is three films. Like, I'm making a film a book because it needs that. And realistically, it like they could have done four or five films if they really wanted to, like, really get into everything. But mm-hmm. it is such a... The, like, going back I mean, it to, essentially is five films at the length of them. Going back to we said rewatchability, like you put the first one on, you need to watch the other two. That just shows you how strong the story is because you need to finish the story. Exactly. No sane person has ever put on just one of the Lord of the Rings films. No. Other than maybe someone who's never seen it before and they put the first one on and they don't have access to the other two. Yeah. Like, that would be unhinged. Um, but I will also say Winter Soldier's like encapsulated story just in the film yeah. is one of the better ones in Marvel. I would agree. Up there with Guardians one and two, and three, um, and Iron Man one. Yeah, they're probably the best like encapsulating a single film stories because obviously all the Avengers films can't be counted as encapsulated because you 
have to do something yeah. watching for an Avengers. Yeah, film. yeah, yeah. Um, acting. Now, I would say most other things in this entire bracket, mm. Winter Soldier has a really good chance of beating. Mm. Other than Harry Potter and this, I think Winter Soldier for me would be right up there for acting because it has one of the best Marvel casts and they're all like rent is due. Mm. But, like I said, Harry Potter, just <laughs> icons up and down, and then Lord of the Rings, icons, icons up, up and down. down. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like. You don't get casts like this anymore. It doesn't happen. No. And the the fact that, like, I forget their names, but the actors that play uh, Merry and Pippin, like, them in real life. Are the like they are those characters like that's just how they are like and so everyone that acted like they fit their parts so strongly that they just brought those characters to life in such an amazing way. Let 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 me just list off some of these names real quick. Yeah, Elijah Wood, mm -hmm. Orlando Bloom, mm -hmm. Ian McKellen, Sean Bean, Andy Serkis, Kate Blanchett, Hugo Weaving, Christopher Lee. Carl Urban. Carl Urban, who's now gone on to be a superstar in The Boys and shit. Mm. Like, just absolute superstars. And that's just, like, the names that instantly, like, jump off the screen at me. There are other really talented actors throughout this. Martin Freeman is in the later films, for fuck's sake. Like, this mm. entire stacked. franchise is so unbelievably stacked. Like you've just never seen anything like it. I mean, you have. I'd say overall the Harry Potter cast is more impressive. But my God, they did such a mm. good job. And don't get me wrong, we've always said like the quality of the story and the universe you're in does limit the acting potential somewhat. Yeah. It would still take a Lord of the Rings level story for the actors in Winter Soldier to have a chance at getting at this level. Hmm. Because the quality of the actors is so similar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, Lord of the Rings just... Yeah. It lives and dies by the quality of the acting. And it lives. So what does story, that tell yeah. you? Yeah. Cinematography. <laughs> I do not believe we currently live in a world anymore where we are going to have anyone who can have the impact that George Lucas did on filmmaking. I think technology is moving too fast now for one person to ever have an impact as large as George Lucas did. But if there was someone who got close to that, it was Peter Jackson. And here's something I was going to mention with this. It's like, Star Wars gave us ILM. Lord of the Rings gave us Weta. Like, those two, like, effects studios are, like, the peak of practical... CGI, like Wet has gone on to make some incredible VFX tools, like so to solve problems that they've had. But like the those two places, their ability to do practical and the props and all the set design and like to bring all these things to life are what sold those films, like visually. Yeah. For sure. And it's just like and, and the amount of like on location that they did, like New Zealand is stunning. And that 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 um dedication to to yeah. doing it that way 
just absolutely proved that it paid off massively and it's always going to have my favorite ever like on set like story like uh peter where's the light coming from in this scene he's like mm. the same place as the music it's it's like i get some people would be annoyed by something like that but i would take that over scenes where i can't see dick all that we currently yeah. have to deal with oh yeah um mcu's never been known for its visual appeal no um, it has its, other it than it's just the very pretty cast they always have it found its visual style in the first three, four films, and then it kind of that set the precedent going forward. What I will say is, and I've said it every other time, other than maybe Shang-Chi, it has mm. some of the best choreographed fight scenes in the entire MCU. Yeah. Um, which I always find very, very impressive, and it's part of why I love the show so much. They look so fluid, it's unreal. Yeah, they were very well put together and solid. Right, should we score it up then? Yes, I think we shall. Personal relevance, I think it's, it's going to be a tie. Yeah, because it's Lord of the Rings for me without a shout. Yeah. Um, and while I respect Lord of the Rings, I I, I would be this lying to say Lord personal. of the Rings had more of an impact on me than Winter mm. Soldier did. Well, yeah, it's personal. Exactly. Um, how well it's aged is obviously Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Rewatchability. Winter Soldier. As much as it hurts, yes, I would say Winter yeah. Soldier is easier to rewatch. Um, and that makes it one all. Ooh, mm. a bit scary. Um, unfortunately, the next three are things where Lord of the Rings is probably going to absolutely curb on Winter Soldier. Story, I don't think is close. Yeah, Lord of the Rings, no shot. Acting, I am going to give to Lord of the Rings, obviously, but I don't want that to be seen as a slight on how well the actors did in Winter Soldier. Well, yeah. Like, it's a um Winter Soldier like coming second out of a hundred. <laughs> yeah. Um and then cinematography is Lord of the Rings. It's yeah. beautiful. And that makes Lord of the Rings our winner of our second semi final. In does. a four one fashion. And it allows Lord of the Rings to progress to the final. Mm. Which is now locked in and confirmed as Return of the Jedi. Versus Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Rings. Do you know what's wild? If I'd made a prediction at the beginning, this probably would have been my guess. With maybe Harry Potter being in there. I would have guessed... To be honest, it, I, didn't, I didn't expect Harry Potter to get as far as it got. Ah, uh, see, I was confident in the strength of that franchise. I thought, until like I saw how it ended up, I thought Harry Potter would probably go out in the quarterfinals, but end up getting Clone Wars, which was probably well, yeah. the easiest thing it if, could have got in the quarterfinals. If any of those three had ended up against each other earlier, it would have caused issues. But like, I'm not surprised that our final is Star Wars versus Lord of the Rings. Like, two mega franchises and like peak cinema history. Right, Unfortunately, something I would have expected to get to the semi-final went mm. out in the quarter-final because it had to face one of our finalists. I thought Rogue One would get to a semi-final, mm. but it ended up getting unlucky with Lord of the Rings in the yeah. uh, quarters. Same with Andor. It got mm. it got stuck up against Return of the Jedi in the quarters. Yeah, obviously like the matchups earlier were yeah. rough. But... 
Um, but yeah, there we go. Our final is locked in for next week, episode 100. We will next week be covering, of course, the last episode of Percy Jackson. Mm. But other yes. than that, we're just going to chill. We're going to yeah. we're gonna recap the last 100 episodes. We're going to talk about some things. We're going to have a little bev. We're going to celebrate. We're going to try and not get so drunk that when we're debating Return of the Jedi versus Lord of the Rings, we've ruined the podcast forever. That's what we're going to try and do. We'll see how that goes. Can't wait for I'm it to end of the tie. Yeah. I'm, I'm a friendly drunk. I don't know what Horry's like. He's a BF. Probably, I'm sure. probably more talkative. But... Oh, that's fine then. It's a podcast. <laughs> Pod... Looser looser tongue, but yeah. I'm friendly. Um, <laughs> Right, that is it for us this week. Make sure you yes. like, make sure you have subscribed so you can find your way back here for next week. Mm-hmm. Um, Episode of- and we'll catch you in the next one. Yes, we'll see you next week. Bye.